It's only just begun. This is the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season. What's happening, guys? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the people's dynasty podcast and today's topic is going to be initial free agent reactions so much going on so much going on not only in the world of the nfl and fantasy football but just going on in the world i'm going to jump into all that in a second just want to make sure i get through a little housekeeping and i'll bring in who's covering all this with me the patreon's live uh even in spite of a pandemic and everything going on in America, the Patreons are keeping, I can tell you, they're keeping my spirits up and we're having a lot of great dynasty conversation. If you're interested and you want to figure out what's going on because you got a little extra time on your hands, and I think a lot of us do, head over to patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. You know, we're talking about rookies. We're talking about, obviously, all the free agent stuff popping off, how this impacts your rosters. We're going to get into a lot of that tonight. Uh, but again, that's patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Don't know how long this show is going to last. Um, it could be 60 minutes. It could be 75. It, it could be a little bit longer. We do have a lot to cover. And let's be honest, right now we can use something to take our minds off the world around us. Uh, five-star reviews had two new five-star reviews last week. You guys are helping us kick some ass over there at iTunes. Again, don't know why iTunes, it just does. So if you're sitting around the house and you probably are, grab your wife's phone, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your whoever, your kids. If they all have phones and they all have independent iTunes accounts, leave us that five-star, man. Talk about the rookie content. Talk about the free agent content. So much going on. And then the last thing, to make sure we call out is the social media. You can check us out on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm very proud of myself. I put up a new Instagram post of me editing one of these podcasts, and I'll, I'll try to make sure to do a better job of adding some more. But I am not alone, Jerry, uh, because he is impacted by all of this as much as we are. He'll be back tomorrow. And before I bring on my guests, one last thing we are going to do at least three shows this week. Uh, I think the world needs some more sports content with no NBA, no spring training, not, not a lot going on. So we're going to have one today on Tuesday. We're going to have the regular show on Wednesday with, as of the recording of this, we're going to have Jerry and G from the Aussie guys. We're going to you know, be covering day two of free agency. And then on Friday, we're going to have the man himself from the Dynasty Trades Calculator. We're going to have J.P. Hurley asking about how this will change the Dynasty Trade Calculator value of some of these deals. But you know what? I got a hell of a guest with me tonight. I, I text this guy. I said, hey, man, I'm looking for a co-host tonight. And he says, you got one, you bitch." And he is Kyle. He is Kyle of the Fantasy Football Fellas. Kyle, welcome back, a.k.a. the Mystery Third Man. What up, Memphis, dude? It is so good to be back. I did get that text from you today. You're not lying, man. I was so pumped. I'm like, all right, let's do this thing. Um, man, I, I am so glad that football is 
is here to lift our spirits. We just said right before we hit record, man, I'm like, we needed this free agency. Everything else in the world is being shoved back. I mean, it turned into two weeks to three weeks. I mean, who the hell knows when sports are going to be back. But, man, I'm I'm a super pumped to review all these things with you because there were a lot of moves right out the gate, and this legal tampering period has lived up to it, man. It's been uh, It's been a fun day, so I'm looking forward to breaking all this craziness down with you. Well, it was funny in that first text, you were like, I can't believe all this was going on. This has been a crazy day. And I was like, it's been 84 minutes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was absolutely nuts just from the get go. Um, and, and it was, it was crazy because even over the weekend, it was, is the CBA, you know, that thing is kind of kept getting pushed back, pushed back. I will, as a Cowboys fan, I wanted that thing to get buried months from now. Um, so the Cowboys could take advantage of that two tag loophole. Well, that sure as hell didn't happen. Uh, they approved the CBA by like, you know, what, 60 people. They got, they got half of the, the damn players not voting going true America on them. And, uh, and here we go right out the gate and you just get movement, you know, with, uh, you know, Tennessee coming through and then, you know, the tampering period opened up today and tons of franchise tag news, man. So it's been, uh, it has been crazy. And yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. Like it's been an hour and 11 minutes or whatever. <laughs> I just was like, you gotta be kidding me. Oh, it was crazy. But yeah, let's jump back to Sunday. There was a couple of decent-sized stories. Uh, one that I was, I don't say proud of, because I I, I consider myself someone who, who watches very closely, and I just try to ask myself, does this make sense? I mean, we heard the stories about Tom Brady potentially going to Tennessee, and it, it just, and in my mind, I asked myself, why would you bail on the quarterback who just got you to the AFC Championship game? You were ahead of, you know, Kansas City, the eventual Super Bowl champions. And it wasn't the fault of Ryan Tannehill. He was the highest-rated QBR quarterback, or maybe it was the highest rating. It was 117.4, whatever it was. He was the highest uh, rating, whatever the measurement was at that particular time. It wasn't like he played bad. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty jazzed. He was a guy that I recommended picking up a lot last offseason, as a potential throw-in in Superflex. And, man, not only did he help you down the stretch, he may have helped you win a championship. And now he's got basically at least a two-year, probably a three-year deal. Kyle, how are you feeling about your Superflex shares of Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, man, it, this is – if you if you acquired Tannehill, um, even any time last year, you're you're probably able to get him even on the cheap after it got started there when they made the switch. But uh, he's a guy that has been well-documented the short end of the stick there in Miami. And some of that was just, you know, injuries, which is, could happen to anybody, but uh, just that Adam Gase offense didn't lead to much success there. Uh, and getting the opportunity in Tennessee was huge. But if I have Ryan Tannehill on my teams right now, uh, like you said, man, this is truly a solid, you know, two-year deal. Maybe they get out of it after that, maybe not. But I, I think that you got him for super cheap. The return on investment here is going to be it, it's solid. He's going to be paired with – um He's going to be paired with AJ Brown. They're gonna they're gonna address these pass catching positions. I think even more this upcoming draft. Uh, so I man, I, I love it for Tannehill. I love it for the Titans fans. Just from the standpoint of that, you I think you did the right thing here. I think you found a guy that after two years, whether he is the man or not, uh, you know you have uh, you, you have the ability to j- bail out if you need. But with Brady, you knew that there was a short short time frame with this, and I'm not sure at this point that he's better than uh, than Ryan Tannehill. So. If you didn't, if you didn't like Tannehill being up for on the Titans last year, you were probably SOL as soon as you got to the championship game, man. But I, I think overall for Dynasty, this is uh, this is going to be solid. I think this is best case scenario sticking with a team that he showed a lot of success, while be it a regression or not. I think this is uh, this is good for his his value. My only concern is that they lost. Uh, I think it's the right tackle, Jack Conklin, to the Browns <clears throat> yes, today. We're gonna we're gonna cover that here in in a bit. But from the time he was announced a starter. He so that was week seven through week seventeen. He averaged twenty one point four two points per game. To put that in perspective, that was fourth over that time frame in a points per game basis. Uh, and Matt Stafford really doesn't count. He only played weeks seven, eight, and nine. But over the yeah. over the quarterbacks that played the entire rest of that season from seven through seventeen, only Lamar Jackson and Drew Brees scored more points. So this is a guy who's going to be going into year two of the offense. Uh, Corey Davis at this point is going to be much more of an actual help to Ryan Tannehill than he is to himself. Obviously, A.J. Brown's there. Jonu Smith, 
They franchise tagged Derrick Henry. We can kind of go ahead and roll right into that. Derrick Henry is going to be probably pissed off that he's not getting out of there or getting the the quote-unquote Zeke bag, Mm -hmm. as the kids like to say. But I think it's a smart move by the Tennessee Titans to franchise tag him. I I wouldn't want to be lumped into that group of teams that have made bad uh, running back contracts, whether it's L.A. with Gurley, uh, formerly Arizona with David Johnson, or uh, Dallas with Zeke. I, I can't blame him for the franchise tag. Yeah, I wish just for I wish that you mentioned Conklin moving on. I wish that they would have potentially just used the tag maybe on Conklin and then tried to work it out with with Henry. Um, just trying to be bring up the realization like, look at all these teams that spent this money. We just we can't do it. Go, go out, see what you can get. But you know, come on back here when you you know want our best deal. And, you know, that's easy to say, you know, obviously a lot of people are just, you know, uh, RB don't matter type thing. And Henry, though, did a lot for this offense. And I think paying him, you know, a <clears throat> a decent amount wouldn't have wouldn't have harmed this franchise a whole lot. They don't need to give him, like you said, that top five money. But I would have probably used the the tag on Conklin just to keep the offensive line intact and, and see what happens there and address it in the draft if you need on the cheap. But but uh, obviously they went the other way keeping Henry there. I think the biggest thing you're worried about now from a dynasty perspective as a Derrick Henry owner in a couple leagues, you don't want that holdout, man. You just, you want him there and that's going to be tough because, you know, does he just go full Le'Veon on us? And we hope that's not the case, but could be on the table. Well, the difference between him and Le'Veon is Le'Veon went through an entire year on the franchise tag. So he secured a good chunk of money before he did uh, the the whole holdout thing and Derrick Henry has not made first round money. I believe he was a second round NFL pick, so yep. he's made good money compared to what guys like you and I make. But <laughs> but compared to his peers, no, th- th- this is still going to be a life changing payday. Now he he may take it for one year, but he's not going to be thrilled with this in 2021. We'll, we'll we'll see what shakes out with Derrick Henry. He was someone quite honestly that leading the league in rushing and as many touchdowns as he had from a dynasty standpoint, you should have been doing and you still can by the way, doing your due diligence and kicking tires out there and, and see what you can get for Derrick Henry. I, I think mm-hmm. you you're selling that hey, quote unquote the band's back together. Corey Davis is back, AJ Brown's back. They got an upgrade at tight end and Johnu Smith. Uh, you know, they kept Tannehill. Everything's the same. Yeah, they'll need to get a new right tackle. I, I think I'm selling that narrative and see what I uh, what I can get for Derrick Henry. Are you moving, holding, or trying to acquire Henry? Uh, I'm trying to move him if I can, just to see if I can get it at minimum, even if I get break-even value for to what where he's at right now. I think he's, you know, in some circles, you know, it, depending on where you're at as far as if you're just buying in now or you think he is a long-term asset. If you, if you fall somewhere in the middle there, I think you, you can probably get top 10 running back value for him. And I'm okay doing that, especially from the standpoint of you know, those tight, those touchdowns are hard to replicate. And I know he's been, uh, he's been great when you look at the the back half of the 2018 season where he just absolutely exploded. And last year he was solid and did it in the playoffs where everyone saw it. But I'm trying to get out if I can just because I don't want running backs that have like such a low floor in PPR. I know they cut Deion Lewis, saved a good amount of money there because his contract was not um, not friendly for that franchise any any longer. But they'll bring in somebody else there. It's going to take up those targets. Derrick Henry is never going to be a big-time pass catcher. So I'm trying to, to, uh, to at least get value. I'm not trying to sell him super high. If I can just get even value for him, I'm good. But – Otherwise, I'm just going to hold out for it. If I'm a contender in 2020, I, I think he'll still be uh, top 12 and get me what I need to hopefully make a playoff run. So I'm, I'm using our friends at the Dynasty Trade Calculator. I'm looking at that, and they have Derrick Henry is basically identical to the 101 in your mm-hmm. rookie draft. Would you rather I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say 103. Um, like, I would do it for that. Um, but that would be... Yeah, so for the one-on-one, I'd take that. Um, and I'm a guy who doesn't really like rookie picks that much, but I think there's there's a, I think there's enough value there in those first three picks. You can either get one of those running backs or um, or CeeDee Lamb and and uh, and cash out on Derrick Henry, but that would be the limit. I wouldn't take anything less than that. Good luck getting it at yeah. rookie at rookie time. I think you're better <laughs> off as, as rookie drafts are creeping up on us. I mean, it's it's 
March is going to be the draft. And by the way, we, we kind of buried the lead, as they say. The NFL is still rolling on with the draft on the dates that it's scheduled. I think it's the 24th, 5th, and 6th of April. So we're still six away from the draft. They're going to create a unique and fun way to televise that event. But I think you have to wait and let your, your league mate at least exercise the pick. I think that's half of the fun because, you know, you, you've, you've held on to this rookie pick since the end of the season. You finally figured out what it was, and you've been holding and holding and holding. I, I think you just got to let them have that joy, if you will, <laughs> that psychological feeling of, hey, I actually drafted so-and-so, and, so, and th- then you go make the move. Because I think right now the pick is worth more than the player behind the pick. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I hear that. And I just from, my, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm trying to sell him for at least what he's worth. Um, I'm not trying to pull one over on somebody. I think the the points you made revalued, though, is that losing a little bit on the offensive line could uh, could impact him this upcoming season. And I've been burying the lead in that. Let's talk about the biggest trade of the day. That's DeAndre Hopkins and a 20-21 fourth to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson, a 2022nd and a 2024th. Kyle, this was the this was the trade that demanded that I text you and say, "Hey man, let's talk about this on the on the show tonight." Dude, this was crazy because the way this if you were on Twitter, um which I was at the time this is all happening and I'm sure a lot of a lot of a lot of work got done, a lot of productivity uh on this uh legal tampering Monday, but it came out that David Johnson. So, and we'll talk about this. I'm sure more in depth, but in, in the short of it, Drake was transition tagged by the Cardinals. So that news came out first, like, okay. And everyone's instantly reacting to that. Then it comes out that David Johnson is being traded to the Texans, which for fantasy purposes, you're like, okay, hell yeah. You know, it's an open, it's an open running back spot, regardless what you think of Lamar Miller and Carlos Hyde, they've been productive enough. It opens up uh, David Johnson's value window, which everyone was looking at. It'll gives Kenyon Drake the opportunity in Arizona. <clears throat> And then not shortly after that, though, it's like, well, wait, there's another piece to this, and its name is DeAndre freaking Hopkins. And like you, in the, the trade that you just read there, that is unbelievable. The fact that Bill O'Brien is out here doing whatever the hell he wants with this franchise, and he just traded away uh, arguably his best offensive weapon, who they had under team control for the next three years, whether he was going to ask for more money or not. It was just insane that they gave up a, I believe he's 27-year-old wide receiver, for a what has been a one-hit wonder in David Johnson and a huge contract number that comes with it, um, people were just losing their minds. I said on Twitter, I was trying to keep it, you know, family friendly enough. I said if this was a dynasty trade offer, uh, your people would be lining up to kick you in the crotch for accepting that deal. And Bill O'Brien's out here doing it in real life. So, um, man, I it's I, I love it for DJ. I got him cheap in a few spots. I think this will probably be, you know, they don't have a ton of draft capital. I think they've kind of made their bet here. Bill O'Brien loves trading for running backs. Apparently, this is his third running back trade in the last, what, eight, nine months. Um, so from the DJ side of it, I like it because I think it gives him opportunity. For the Hopkins side of it, though, man, I'm a little uneasy about this, man, because as much as I do like seeing him pair with Kyler Murray, he was already paired with a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson um, and 150 targets for Hopkins last year, fifth in the NFL. I I just I feel like that's going to be a little bit harder to replicate Um for what we saw him in, in Houston. What What's your thoughts on this uh, as far as Hopkins' value going in? Because he's the biggest piece here. Well, I saw a lot of people said that it was like a slight downgrade. I, I think it's mm-hmm. a – I don't want to say horrible, but I think it's more than a slight downgrade. This is yeah. a, a at least a full downgrade, if not a significant <laughs> downgrade. Now, I will say this. The Arizona Cardinals had more pass attempts last year than the Houston Texans. The Texans, I think, were 16th, but the Cardinals were 9th. Mm-hmm. So there are plenty of targets. Uh, he, him, he being Kyler Murray, threw it 554 times. Uh, but DeAndre Hopkins, over his seven-year career, has averaged, now averaged, 150 targets a year. His low his, as a rookie was 91, and his high was 192. But if you throw out that rookie year of 90 uh, and go over the last six years, he's averaged 160 targets. My my my, cons- oh, my yeah, it's it, it, it's mind blowing. One hundred and sixty targets, and I'm asking myself: is 
is he going to get that many targets with a Christian Kirk? I think Christian Kirk's better than Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. Is Larry with Larry Fitzgerald? Yes, Larry's 147 years old, but he's still going to command some targets. And right. then what are they going to do with Andy Isabella? There's still Hakeem Butler uh, out lurking out there somewhere. Obviously, I think this is good for uh, Arizona in that it takes C.D. Lamb completely off of their draft board, which means they can mm-hmm. draft an offensive tackle to keep this five foot ten, two hundred pounder from getting destroyed. The but- fact they didn't have to give up that pick was insanity. I thought for sure when those details came, I'm like, all right, you, you know, they probably had to give up the pick, right? And then even even if they had to swap the first because Houston doesn't have a first rounder, they already traded that too. So that that was just craziness to me. They don't have a first or second the next two years. Because they they traded them all for Laramie Tunsil and and running backs along the way. Um, A lot of people have this. They had the bigger impact on Deshaun Watson. I don't see it. Um, I I didn't see it at all. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson is a really special quarterback. And Houston still has cap room. What if Houston decides now to go out and get in the Robbie Anderson business? Now, I said I'm not going to get into a whole lot of speculation. We'll save that for when Robbie actually finds a team, or Amari Cooper. Maybe Amari likes it in the great state of Texas, and he drifts a little further south from Dallas down to down to Houston. So th- there, there's a possibility. So I don't think that Houston's done by any means. Houston, believe it or not, as crazy as all this looks to us, Houston still fancies themselves a contender. Mm-hmm. It, it's why they've made the moves that they did. I don't hate it for David Johnson, to be honest, if, if he can stay healthy, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, this is a Houston offense that even with a quote-unquote bad offensive line still made Carlos Hyde, that's right, the corpse of Carlos Hyde, yeah. had almost 1,100 yards rushing last year and 245 total rushing attempts. I'm not saying we're going to see the rebirth of a David Johnson that scored 400 PPR points a few years back. But I think I would much rather have David Johnson than what I think the market would bear for him right now. I think, again, timing and everything, timing in life is everything. And I would much rather hang on to David Johnson and let him have two or three or four good games with Deshaun Watson in that offense and then cash out. Maybe through week five or six you can trade him for one of those rookie running backs that maybe is underperforming a little bit because you won't be able to get the 101 through 107 for David Johnson. But you know how people are. They're very fickle and very quick to react. And if one of these rookies that you really like, whether it's Akers or Dobbins or you mentioned C.D. Lamb, gets off to a slow start in weeks one through five and D.J. gets off to a hot start, to think that you could flip one for the other is not inevitable. So what do you think about David Johnson from from that point of view? And then the guy who looks to be taking his job, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, so I mentioned it. I really I like it for DJ a lot because I like you said the numbers on Carlos Hyde. He was able to put up numbers last year, his first thousand year season technically, even though he was close another <clears throat> year previously with the Niners. But for me, this is an offense that is going to continue to move the ball. Uh, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. You know, I don't think he takes a, a huge hit. I, I do think it's you know maybe enough to knock him down a, a, like you know a quarter of a peg if you really want. I, I think that they're not done addressing that position. But strictly David Johnson here, he's walking into a role that's going to guarantee him, in my opinion, at you know at least 220 carries if he's healthy. I think we're going to see him obviously more involved in the passing game than Carlos Hyde was last year, who saw next to nothing there. Maybe DJ is able to stay on the field a little bit more. Um, Duke Johnson had 44 receptions last year. Maybe this stings him a little bit if DJ can stay healthy. But I think if you have David Johnson or if you acquired him on the ultra cheap, um, this is about the best case scenario that you could see. As soon as Kenyon Drake's tag came in, I was like, uh oh, like I, those DJ shares are not looking too hot. But now he's moving to a situation where I think he is going to be the guy. I mentioned they don't have a ton of draft capital. I don't think that they're going to spend anything on another running back. They've already spent now. Uh, multiple draft picks on running backs through trades. So I, I like it a lot for him quite a bit. And then for Kenyon Drake, I think this is this is about as perfect as you can get. Uh, a lot of people were pointing to the fact of he was a league winner in the second half. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, in 2019, this guy was on absolute fire. And this was right out of the gate. Uh, he got traded to the, to the Cardinals. They played on a Thursday night. No one in the world started him. And he just went off for over 100 yards in that game in his first game with the team. 
Um, he had the four touchdown game in week 15 against the Browns. And then week 16 had another two touchdowns on top of that and 160 rushing yards. So he's winning people championships. And now he's able to continue to be the lead dog in Arizona. Now with DJ gone. And the, and the biggest thing was how are they, are they going to be able to move that contract? Well, they figured it out. His name's Bill O'Brien and uh, it got, it got it done. So I think Drake is, he's been, I believe he's been top 15 in the last two years and all this craziness, whether it be with Miami or Arizona. Um, I think he's going to be sitting right there once again, at least for 2020. So I love it for both these running backs. And I think this finally gives us a little bit more clarity in the two situations that um, we were a little unsure of entering the day. Well, a couple of things on Drake. One, uh, I don't always toot my own horn, but when you're right, you're right. I, I said that I've been saying it for the last couple of months that I think David Johnson was going to get traded out of Arizona on what I kept calling a bad NBA trade. You've, you've heard me say that. I know that you listen. And I didn't know it was going to be this bad in steps Bill O'Brien to just get it all over himself. And, and then uh, I said that, that Kenyon Drake was a guy that I was out there buying. I said I was buying him when they traded him. I'm going to read you the list of the guys. So weeks 14 through 17, those are often known as the fantasy playoffs. Are you familiar with those weeks, Kyle? Yes. Yeah, I try to at least uh, be involved in those weeks. <laughs> as much as, as possible. I can. Yes, as, as, as much as possible. So over that four-week span, let me read you the list of guys at the running back position that outscored Kenyon Drake. Are you ready for the list? I'm ready. Christian McCaffrey. Heard of him. Saquon Barkley. I heard of him. End of the list. <laughs> those are the only two guys over the fantasy playoffs that scored more points than Kenyon Drake. In that four-game stretch, he he scored exactly 100 PPR points. I, I've said this before. Again, I'm going to toot my own horn just a little bit. I said that Cliff Kingsbury and his offense on a losing team in the middle of the season says, hey, you know what would be a good idea as a losing team? Let's go out and trade draft capital and go out and pick up a running back that we're just going to throw that draft capital away and let him walk. No, it never made sense. That's like the thing. It's just – the, the pieces didn't add up. It was like the Ryan Tannehill thing. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was as simple as, hey, you know what? Kenyon Drake would kick butt in our offense. Let's go get Kenyon Drake. He works with the GM. They get Kenyon Drake in there. What do you know? His theory pays off. Kenyon Drake's a success. You don't let that guy walk away at the, you know, the end of eight or seven games or whatever he spent there in Arizona. Yep. Uh, I, I think this is a clear commitment to him, and they want him to be the dude. But as excited as everybody is about Arizona, I got news for you. They're still the worst defense in that division. They're clearly worse than San Francisco, than the L.A. Rams, and the Seattle Seahawks. So you know what I see a lot of in this division, Kyle? What's that? Shootouts. Yeah. So, so if you're a redraft, pod- so. <laughs> if you're a redraft podcast host, and I know you are, <laughs> might be a damn good time to uh, start looking at your rankings around the NFC West because that offense is going to put up points. I mean, uh, Arizona put up points against San Francisco last year, and mm. they had they had no problem. And now you added DeAndre Hopkins, you have another full year of Kenyon Drake in this offense. It's going to be a lot of fun, and they've not even added a draft class yet. So. We spent a lot of time on that one, but it was arguably the biggest move of the day. So I wanted to make sure that from a dynasty standpoint, uh, we covered it. We hit it on all sides from the receivers. Would, would you would you take uh would you real quick because I saw sure. this Let's I do saw it. this poll and it was crazy. Uh, Watson or Murray right now in dynasty? I'm still taking I'm still taking Watson. Yeah, I, I am too. I, and it wasn't. It. But it wasn't even close. Like when at least when I and this was again instant reaction, so you factor that in. But it was like 80-20 Murray. Hey, hey, Kyle. I, I was like, are you kidding me? Kyle? <laughs> yeah. Harken back with me, if you will, to one year ago about this time. And Odell Beckham <laughs> was traded to the Cleveland Browns. And, yes. ba- and Baker Mayfield became the QB two on some dynasty podcast. Mm-hmm. Not this one. Not this one. We ha- I, I had this one. I, no, sir. I had Baker around my QB eight or nine last year, and even that was a bit high. <laughs> So yeah. do, do I like Kyler Murray? Yes, I do. Uh, from a dynasty standpoint, I still have him as my QB4 in dynasty right now. I think with the upside and the potential, but I still have Lamar 1. I'm sorry, I still have Patrick Mahomes 1, Lamar Jackson 2, Deshaun Watson 3, Kyler 4. And there's some hmm. other guys in that range that I really, really, really like. But you know what? I've seen Deshaun Watson do it consistently. Do I think Kyler can do it? Yes. Do I think he can do it as good or maybe a tad better 
than Watson? Maybe. But what if what if Watson, like I said, gets Robbie Anderson or Amari Cooper? Or yeah. what if they draft one of these crazy wide receivers with that second they just got from from Arizona, which is going to be a top forty pick Early, if I yeah. if I remember correctly. So the pieces aren't baked, but that's that's the mindset within the Dynasty Warzone listener crowd that we want you just to cool your jets. Yep. Don't go out and pay a ridiculous amount for Kyler Murray. Just just be cool. Um, speaking of uh, being cool. Your boy Dak got the exclusive franchise tag, which is different than the franchise tag. And you might be saying to yourself, Memphis, what's different about it? Six million bucks. Yeah. Six, <laughs> I, I actually like it. I think this is Jerry's way of saying we really value you. We could have paid you $27 million. We're going to pay you $33 million. And I think they have between now and July 1st, if I remember correctly, to hammer out a long-term deal. Uh, Jarrah has never been stingy with the green. What do you think about this? You're my resident cowboy fan. Oh, man. For well, for one, there was no question that this was going to happen. Event like they they always had that, regardless of if they had the, the two tags to use or not. Dak was never ever going anywhere, and obviously they ran in a situation where they had to make up their mind, pick one, and they were always going to go with a quarterback. Um, as a Cowboys fan, this dates back to even last year, uh, a situation where they Zeke had two years left on his deal. He's looking out for himself, right? If we sell, I get it, but it, they paid him and they, they already gave him that contract last year when they should have been committing those resources to, uh, to Dak Prescott or Amari Cooper, who they spent a first round pick on and they got about 18 games out of him or whatever. And he's gone, you know, or 20, whatever. So <clears throat> for me, this was, you know, it's a win for Dak. He gets he gets a lot of money in a in a time where he has not received much at all, being a fourth round draft pick. Um, you know, so I think this is good that he's going to get that green. I hope that they figure it out every day that they don't sign him. Uh, you know, that price tag is going to go up and up and up. Think of all the quarterback contracts that have happened since last year when they could have locked Dak up at that point. So, you know, it's from a from a perspective of a Cowboys fan as of recording this right now. Uh, you know. This was almost guaranteed to happen. They weren't going to let Dak walk. I hope that this doesn't cost them Amari Cooper as an example because I think that he's really needed for this offense to run and for Dak to provide the fancy numbers that we saw last year. Um, it's about four to five points different when you look at Dak's fancy production with and without Amari Cooper, and I want to see those big numbers. I want to see the offense that we saw last year putting it up, um, and hopefully this front offense office can figure it out enough to finally make our way into the playoffs for some success. But, yeah, man, it, this was uh, – it was bittersweet because I I like Dak Prescott a lot. I wish they would I wish they would pay the man long term, but uh, we didn't get that one today. Well, in the modern NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have much. Ask the yeah. Cincinnati Bengals. So even though they had the red rocket down there, they're they're still going to draft uh, Mister Mister Burrow one on one, and Dallas was forced to make a decision, and I think mm -hmm. they made the right decision. They're not going to get a quarterback with where they were currently drafting. Dak's been. Nothing short of phenomenal based on his draft capital. But I don't think Jerry's going to be stingy throwing the the green around at Mr. Amari Cooper either. I, I think they really want him back. I think Amari likes it there. But, you know, deadlines make, you know, make decisions happen, and that decision happened. I think Dak's going to do great in this offense. Kellen Moore is still going to be calling the plays. He is an absolute super flex buy for me. Even if Dallas doesn't resign Amari Cooper, they could go after a, a Robbie Anderson. They could draft one of these rookies with that middle of the pack first round pick. So th they are they are not done adding pieces. They'll add some more pieces to this offense. All right, and speaking of Dak, let's talk about his new tight end who's going to be there for the next three years. My new man, uh, he's my 2020 Austin Hooper. Uh, Mr. Blake Jarwin got a three-year deal as a Cowboys fan. How are you feeling about Jarwin? Yeah, I man, I think this is it's good to see. For one, this kid built himself up from the ground up, man, unrestricted free agent, uh, just uh, undrafted free agent, signed, you know, builds his way through the organization. Jason Witten's been there uh, and he's built this connection though with Dak. We saw it in some flashes last year, but now he's rewarded with a three-year extension. Now he was restricted free agent. So um, good to see him get paid. I think from a, from a fantasy and dynasty perspective, man, if you're able to get him on the for months, uh, then you're definitely happy, especially if you're in tight end premium, you picked up this guy, um, you know, at a, at a very low cost, if any, man, you could have probably scooped him up off the wire 
months ago. And now he's going to be, I think, the lead tight end target. So still a lot to be done in that Cowboys offense. Cooper and Cobb are both free agents, so they'll be looking to add some additional bodies there. But I think he's going to be the tight end in Dallas. I don't think that they have enough draft capital um, to necessarily spend it, and this tight end class is fairly weak. So uh, we saw Jason Witten compile some numbers to be a low-end tight end one in PPR at the end of the year. I think Jarwin carries a little bit more firepower than that on a week-in, week-out basis, man. So uh, it was good to see from for Jarwin and, and I think for fantasy owners that we were able to pick him up on the cheap. And two things. One, plenty of targets to go around if Amari Cooper were to take his talent somewhere else. And every time you think about Blake Jarwin, you have to think about me. Just like this other guy who all of 2019, whenever you thought about him, you thought about me. Austin Hooper taking his talents to the land, a.k.a. Cleveland. And not only did Cleveland get Hooper, they signed a backup quarterback in Case Keenum. And they signed a, a tackle in uh, Conklin. We mentioned him earlier out of Cincinnati. I feel like Cleveland is saying, Baker, we're giving you all we got. You now have a guy with at least one Pro Bowl at every skill position on your team. Austin Hooper's been to a Pro Bowl. Landry and Beckham have been to a Pro Bowl. Both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt have been to a Pro Bowl. We just got you a good right tackle. They'll probably draft another one at number 10 overall. They're not done making moves. If this doesn't tell me that Cleveland's all in on trying to make the Baker thing work, I don't know what does. Well, what what do you make about Cleveland? I mean, here they are winning the offseason, not one, but two years in a row. Very interesting stuff, man. Uh, The Keenum thing I, I don't think is something that should be overlooked just from what he can bring to that room, if anything else. Stefanski being the new head coach there, he was paired with St- Keenum was paired with Stefanski in Minnesota during that magical year that we all know. Keenum has been around, you know, he's a strong veteran presence, so that should be good um, for Baker to try to right this ship a little bit. Uh, bringing the offensive line help is obviously huge. That's everyone. That's what everyone's been lo- talking about um, for the last few years, and they, they finally have addressed that here with a, a really good contract. Um, and good for Conklin too, because I believe he's only going to be like 30 by the time he gets paid again on the second go around. Cause he only signed for three years. So the Hooper thing, uh, I totally agree. They're, they're putting it all on, on Baker from a dynasty perspective, man. I, I want, I didn't necessarily want to see this. Uh, they didn't have a ton of volume to the tight ends there with Baker <clears throat> last year, especially And Joku was obviously injured. So maybe that does affect what those final numbers were, but just a lot of mouths to feed there. We talked, you know, Kareem Hunt uh, is obviously going to be there. Nick Chubb. Beckham is going to be looking for more. You know, he's looking for those 10 targets a game like he was seeing in New York. He did not get them last year. And Landry dealing with the injury uh, is is going to be interesting because we could see Hooper's value right out of the gate be fairly strong. He could get a lot of opportunities there. Uh, but once Landry's back in full strength from a dynasty perspective, if these three guys, um, Beckham, Landry and Hooper are all good to go. Um, I'm just not sure that in an offense that ran the ball a ton last year, Minnesota was Stefanski as the OC. We're going to really need to see something, I think, a little bit different from, in, in my opinion. We're going to need to see a little bit more pass-happy offense for all three of these guys to carry the value that we all want. So good for Austin Hooper. He just set the tight end market, um, and he, he, he earned it, in my opinion. Memphis, you were all over it last year. He had a fantastic season. Uh, just but, but focusing on this from a, the Cleveland fallout, um, I think it's, like you said, it's all on Baker now, man. And unfortunately, this might eat into each other as far as for the pass catchers and their fantasy value. Well, I, I don't hate it for Hooper. Ba- Baker has done okay with a tight end. I mean, there was a, a brief Ricky Seals-Jones sighting in, yeah. in Cleveland last year. I just, th- <laughs> I just think that people assume that Baker's not a good quarterback for the tight end based on the fact that David and Joku's never broke out, but maybe the problem's in Joku. And I don't think he's mm-hmm. long for this team. I think he could be a, a trade to a team like a new England who could be in the market for a tight end. Obviously they could use one. Uh, maybe he would do better with uncle Bill and Tom. If Tom Brady resigns there uh, from an Austin Hooper standpoint, I don't think his value changes too much. I mean, you know, you know how many footballs can go around in Cleveland? I don't know. They had an awful lot to go around in Atlanta. Ridley was doing okay. Julio was mm-hmm. doing okay. They involved the running backs there, not to the degree that Chubb and Hunt will be. But I, I think there's plenty to go around. I don't want to get, again, I don't want to speculate too much on what could or could not happen. 
with this Cleveland team, but it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, my, my concern is that, you know, both <clears throat> Pittsburgh's defense and Baltimore's defense were both top six in both points given up and both yards given up in 2019. So he's, they still play in a pretty tough division. We'll see. I, I do believe there's going to be some more running of the ball. I'm, I'm fascinated. Again, just because they won the the first day of free agency does not mean that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Slow your <laughs> roll. But I, but I see a value spike. What were you going to say, sir? I was going to say um, <laughs> we don't need to speculate on another thing that apparently just came in. This is live only to you and me, man. But according to Glazer, uh, the Bills just acquired Stefan Diggs. Interesting. All right. Well, (laughs) let's wrap up one other story while I wrap my mind around this. Uh, Yes, sir. I need that. I need that breaking news drop. This just in. Buffalo Bills acquires Stephon Diggs. We'll we'll crack that story in just a second. But I want to stay in the AFC North and I want to talk AJ Green. There's talks that they could be working out a long term deal, but he's getting something like 16 million to stay there. This is a guy that if you can use this news and the signing of Joe Burrow to get uh, him off your roster, man, I'm looking to do it. Kyle, are, are you looking to move A.J. Green, and if so, for what? Yeah, man. I, oh, man, it's, of course, values are always tough because you got to find the right guy. And if, But I totally agree. The the idea that they're, they're committing the franchise tag to A.J. Green, the Joe Burrow hype is going to, I just think, build this up a little bit more. I think you like Memphis said, timing's everything. I think you can kind of hold out just a little bit longer on this until the Burrow thing really sets in with people and everyone starts looking at like, okay, yeah, he's got Joe Mixon. He's got AJ Green now. He's got Tyler Boyd still. This offense is going to be moving second year with his head coach. Um, but I have, as somebody that has AJ Green on a bunch of teams and on contenders and non-contenders, uh, I'm going to be trying to at least tap out of that, man. Green has been injured far too often over the last few years of his career to be able to trust him uh, as a a true fantasy and dynasty contributor over the next few years. If he gets that long-term deal again, good for, good for him. You know, he, he definitely earned it as far as early on this season, but I just don't think you can pay uh, you pay now for what, what he did before. And we'll see what the Bengals do, but man, if I can, if I can flip AJ green for, you know, anything in the first round, I'm doing that um, in a heartbeat, you know, you're talking back end for sure. If anyone's even willing to make that offer for you, but even if you can piece together like um, AJ Green for a couple of young pieces that uh, you know are, are buying on the cheap, I just traded like last year. We'll kind of do a little retroactive on this one. Like last year, there were some other pieces involved, but I traded AJ Green for uh, I traded Mike Williams away for AJ Green, and I would I would take that back in a heartbeat, even despite the year that Mike Williams did have, where his, his touchdowns evaporated out of nowhere. Um, I, I I would try. I'm trying to look and see what kind of bites I get but you probably have to go after a team that's a contender and see if they're willing to uh, to wheel and deal to take that risk. Yeah, I would be willing to move A.J. Green and like a, a mid to late second mm-hmm. or uh, a third and try to get up to the first and see yeah. if I can get someone excited about that. All right, tell me about the Stephon Diggs deal. Break it down. <laughs> well... Uh, we've seen we've we've seen this before, right? So I mean, uh, Abe, we all remember Antonio Brown's uh, tenure with the Bills. That was extraordinarily uh, productive for everyone. But Stefan Diggs has obviously been, if you've been following him this offseason, uh, even in the middle of last year, not happy in Minnesota. Uh, they eventually sat it down, got it figured out. He had a couple of good games here and there, but the pass attempts for the Vikings last year just evaporated, and it really hindered. Diggs and his value. I've been somebody that's kind of openly, you know, kind of bashed a little bit on Diggs. I felt like he was just a little bit overhyped. We hadn't necessarily seen him stay stay healthy for a full 16 games. He hadn't really reached a thousand yards till a couple years ago. And I just felt like that the value was more than the talent and production that you were going to get. Now, for him moving to Buffalo, this is with a quarterback in Josh Allen that again doesn't have a ton of pass attempts. So they do really rely on the run there, not just the running backs, but his own production with his legs. So I'm not sure that this is going to be the perfect situation for Stefan Diggs. It'll be a new home, so maybe that's good enough. But, um, man, I, I don't know. I, I'm probably still going to be in a camp where I'm not going to value Diggs as much as everybody else. Uh, I'm looking at this right now. The Bills traded a first-round pick and a fifth and a sixth and a 2021 20, fourth 
for Stefan Diggs and a seventh. So pretty much nothing there. So a first, a fifth, and a sixth, and then a 2021 fourth for Stefan Diggs. Uh, I get it. I get what the Bills are doing. They're trying to surround Josh Allen and not give him any excuses. So I dig it from that perspective, uh, giving Josh Allen another weapon. But I I don't necessarily love this for Stefan Diggs either. I think he's going to be in a very similar situation by midseason. He's not going to be happy with that target production that he wants to be a true alpha. So that's me, but maybe that's a biased opinion. What do you think? Well, I was I was looking at the compensation on on this deal and it, yep. man it's just a little a little weird uh, a first a fourth a, a seventh and i don't know a bunch of change yeah but buffalo feels like they're a player away from making things happen so mm-hmm. i mean why not why not go all in and you know take a big shot i, I think Diggs is a hold uh, it's big for josh allen more weapons so mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's jump in to the next couple of stories because we're running just a, not a hair long, but you know, don't want to go too, too long. So Cleveland gives a second round tender. We should have brought this up when we were talking Cleveland just a few minutes ago, but Cleveland also put a second round tender on Kareem Hunt. Again, he's one of those magical weapons for Baker. What do you make about the Kareem Hunt, uh, tendering? Do you think another team will go after him? And do you think it has a significant impact on Chubb? I think I don't think that anybody will will go after Hunt for that second round price tag. It's pretty steep. Uh, we've seen teams have success in the you know more of the mid rounds addressing that position. Uh, I think that there's you know there's other options that you can get to to the draft as opposed to not only having to spend a second round pick um, <clears throat> on a running back that uh, has been around the league but has also carries some baggage. You know, so uh, I don't think GMs will forget that so quickly. He was definitely productive in Kansas City and and did show still some really good flashes despite having to come on in the middle of the year with the Browns. Um, but for me, I don't think anybody will make that move. As far as Nick Chubb goes, he's still extremely talented. I still think that he's going to be a top 10 guy regardless. But I think Hunt being there does knock him down from being a potential top five fantasy producer to more somewhere in that, you know, six to 10 range um, and probably close, you know, in, in the middle somewhere there. So, uh, I don't love it for uh, Nick Chubb. We talked about it earlier with Cleveland as far as Stefanski in this, his offense last year, they ran the ball a ton. So I think there still could be enough for both these guys to have fancy production. Um, but I mean, in a perfect world, Hunt would have gone somewhere and got his own 20 touches a game and, and uh, Chubb could stay in Cleveland and put up the big time production that we saw at the beginning of last season before Hunt burst onto the scene and kind of took over that PPR role for the Browns and dynasty owners. I'm still holding my Kareem Hunt shares, and I'm not mm-hmm. super bummed about it either because he was still a contributor, you know, that low-end RB2 flex type. But if something happens to Nick Chubb, you just mm-hmm. d- just strap a rocket ship to this guy's back because it's to the moon at, yeah. at, at that point. <laughs> and he will be an unrestricted free agent this time next year. Yep. So no, I think yeah, I totally agree with you there for sure. You're still – this is the, still the long play. 100%. So – uh, I, I still like Chubb, still like Hunt. Uh, Damian Williams, everybody's All-American from last year's offseason about is he going to be the man in Kansas City or is he not? I don't know about that, but I do know that the Kansas City Chiefs picked up his 2020 club option, which means as of the recording of this show, he is their RB1. Kyle, what are they doing with, uh, with Big Dame? Man, I, it's gonna. I don't know if I can take another year. All this, man. It for real. Last last off season was was rough. I did not buy into what we saw in that playoff run um, in the previous year, and wasn't buying into the fact that Damian could to, could keep it going for an entire year to be the lead dog there to take all that work. And um, we saw it. You know, whether it was uh, the other Williams or bringing in Shady McCoy or. Um, you, you know, or Darwin Thompson, it, it just was a crazy off season of trying to figure out what was going on there. If, if you can get somebody again, we're saying the same thing I said last year, if you can get somebody again to buy in on what we saw in the postseason production for Damian Williams, I'd do that. I don't think that Williams uh, is a guy that doesn't carry talent, but he's a guy that I just don't, don't trust for all 16 games. So if, if it gets to the point where, you know, you want to pick him up off a, off a team's roster the towards playoff time again, I'm fine with that. He can do it in spurts, but 
I just I don't want to go through the roller coaster that is going to be this Kansas City backfield. They're going to bring somebody else in. Shady's not going to be there. Um, they're going to bring somebody else in this offseason, and it's going to ding his value. And I just I'm getting off that Kansas City roller coaster. Call me when there's a clear cut guy there, and I'm 100% buying in. I'll even overpay a little bit if I know he's the guy for multiple years. But for me, D Will ain't that guy. What if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you give up the 63rd? Which is a second round pick. You you give up the sixty third overall pick for a guy named Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. <laughs> I'd love that. I love a little forgiveness story. Story. Prodigal son. Let's go. But uh, I I don't think that's gonna happen. I love it. I love Kansas City running back, dude. That is a prime fantasy spot that we have been robbed of in uh, in our standard you know sixteen weeks. But you know it's uh, it's kind of been what it is there for for the last couple of years. I think more to come, but I, I don't think uh, Damian Williams. And, and, and for the record, I know everybody who's listened to this show for a long time thinks that I hate Damian Williams, and you're probably <laughs> mostly correct. But what I really hate about him is that he's overvalued, and he has a tendency to get hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. He's just not built to be a feature guy. Mm-hmm. He can have a nice five, six, eight game run, but it seems like as long as he's been in the league, and he's been in the league a long time. I think he's 28, 29 years old. I think he's been in the league eight years. Something like that. He's been around for a minute. So if if you can use this as leverage to get off of him, do it. Uh, Yeah, he'll be 28 in April. You're right. So, yeah. Look at this guy. (laughs) He's been around a minute. Uh, Tyson Hill, first-round tender from the Saints. He must be truly who they envision to be the heir apparent. I'm not going to get into Teddy Bridgewater. He's been linked to the Bears, the Bucks, a couple other teams. We'll get into all that in a minute. we got a couple of quarterback stories here, but we'll start with Tyson Hill. Uh, would you kick tires on him in a uh, super flex? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be – he's connected. Peyton signed the extension, so that was the big thing because he was he was going to be coming up due here soon. So as long as Sean Payton's there, I'll take whatever quarterback is going um, to lead that team. I think this is truly going to be the last year for Drew Brees, so his price tag is going to be – even if you don't believe in him, Taysom Hill, that is, uh, I think his price tag is just gonna is going to be on the up and up um, over the next twelve months, and you can cash out then. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with buying an asset with the idea of uh, you know watching that skyrocket and and bailing out before the end. Doesn't mean you got to use them. Doesn't mean that you have to buy in on your own team to say I'm committing to plugging this guy into my super flex spot uh, in the 2021 season. So uh, for me, that's kind of where I'm at with it. If I can. If I can work him into a deal, I'm not going out there to target him thinking that I, he's going to be my quarterback for, you know, four or five seasons, you know, starting next year. But this is going to be a story that's going to be in our face nonstop, um, you know, from a from a super flex perspective for the next year. And I, I based off of what they did, I mean, they put their money where their mouth is. He's he's the guy I think in 2021. So uh, I'm personally, I would only buy him for the idea of selling high on him next season. I don't necessarily think he's going to be the long-term answer there in New Orleans. Uh, bartender, make it a double. Kirk Cousins. Now, Kirk Cousins lost a, a trusty weapon tonight, but I still think the cupboard's got a, a few guys there. I think uh, some low-key winners in this Stefan Diggs deal now, before we bury the lead, and Kirk Cousins got a two-year extension for uh, $66 bucks. I want to talk about the, uh, the Vikings' weapons in general. Adam Thielen, obviously going to be sticking around. Uh, could mean good things for our boy Irv Smith. I know you're a fan. I'm yeah. a fan of the second-year tight end out of Alabama. Kyle Rudolph, I mean, that guy's like just pencil him in right now for tight end 10 overall on yeah. the 2020 season. And uh, it could mean good things for Ola B.C. Johnson. Um, he had a couple of moments he might have been a waiver wire guy on the fantasy football fellows redraft show mm-hmm. but with another first round pick maybe minnesota's ready to hit the reset button on the wide receiver position and bring in one of these rookies um i think kirk cousins kind of is who he is he's a back-end qb1 high-end qb2 and a super flex let's talk about these weapons uh, are, are you giving anybody a nudge are you using the digs news and the cousins security to try to move a thieland at almost 30 yeah, you're right. Because Thielen does turn, he'll be 30 at the start of the season um, in September. I th- And what we saw from Thielen this last season was he just struggled definitely with the injuries. You know, he only had 30 receptions on the year, but coming off of a season of over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns in 2018. I think this does give Thielen a, probably a little bit of a boost from a 
in dynasty, you can probably use that to offset the fact that that age might be on someone's radar um, there. I've mentioned it obviously on this show today, previous shows is that the, the dramatic dip, I believe it's not, it's not in front of me, but I believe it's over a reduction in over 160 pass attempts from what we saw in 2018 to the 2019 season, Kubiak being promoted as the OC. They're just going to do more of the same in Minnesota there. So I, I do think that this presents an opportunity where we could see more of a flex wide receiver type production from a, a new face, whether it be Johnson, old BC Johnson or somebody else that they address it with a draft pick. There's opportunity there long-term, but for me, Thielen is a guy that I think can be productive in 2020. I, I still like his talent, um, but this offense really only can support one. So for me, or one pass catcher, I think Adam Thielen is a, is a buy if you're in a, on a contender, but not somebody that I'm looking for, for, long-term just based off of um, you know, them potentially adding to this receiving core in the very near future from what we're seeing now. It's going to be a trip, man. It mm-hmm. is going to be a trip. Uh, let's get into some weird tight end news and bring this one in for a landing. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about Hooper, uh, Hayden Hurst Helmsley, not to get yeah. confused. Not to be confused with Triple H, he went from the land of Baltimore and their 19 starting tight ends to backfill Austin Hooper in Hotlanta. Uh, I like it, but I got news for you. This guy's like 28, 29 years old, <laughs> and yeah. I, st- I still am looking low-key at Jaden Graham. I, I don't love either one of them, but mm. I'm telling you, Matt Ryan has used a tight end significantly over his career when he's had a decent one, whether it was Tony Gonzalez many moons ago uh, or whether it was Austin Hooper, and they're going to need weapons. Now, this is huge news for Riley Ridley. His game splits with and without Cooper are absolutely bananas, and Julio's 31, so part of the reason why they didn't bring Hooper back was cap issues, and they obviously you saw what you know Hooper got on the open market are you excited for Hurst? Would you be willing to throw out like a late pick in a tight end premium as like a speculation type deal? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was somebody that's been, it was speculated that he was going to get moved even before this. So I think there's probably some people out there that did take advantage of that. Uh, Baltimore has always had just a multitude of tight ends there. So them being able to move one for a second uh, is just crazy that this Baltimore of like, just for a second sidebar, my God, this front office, I mean, they, they, stole Marcus Peters last year because yeah, he's a little bit of a head case. We are, we, everybody already knew that stole him for super cheap. Then he played so well, they re-signed him. Then they go out and get Clay's Campbell for a bag of peanuts for Jacksonville, who doesn't have enough money to pay for their own guys at this time. And then they, they still are able to flip Hurst who they was, you know, are, was a, not a great pick in the first round. If they, and they nailed Lamar Jackson later in that first round and, uh, Mark Andrews in that same draft, but they flip him for a second round pick. Um, great move by them all the way around. These guys are doing a hell of a job, but as far as for Hurst and his value, I like it. Um, I do think whether it's him or Graham, I, I don't think there's a, you know, a far and away, a clear cut guy. Hurst has had his opportunities in Baltimore enough that he just had, didn't even flash enough that I think you can just say, here's the reins. Um, but you're absolutely right that there is production there available. Uh, I do. I love Ridley. Um, and and Julio's still going to get his, but there's still enough to go around there. They're going to have to be throwing that ball in Atlanta still, chucking it around. So if I can add Hurst on, you know, he's not going to be as cheap as he was, obviously, um, three, four weeks ago, but I, I still don't mind throwing the speculative um, draft pick out there and, and seeing what hits. Like, you know, in a super flex tight end premium, you know, I don't mind. I, I do. I probably differ valuing draft picks and everybody else, but like I throw an early third, or a late second if I, you know, if I knew I could maybe go with a late second for Hurst and a early fourth, something like that, I wouldn't mind making that move and dropping back for that flyer. No, nope. again, we're, uh, we're seeing this one eye to eye. A couple more. Uh, speaking of tenders, the Seattle Seahawks put a second round tender on Jacob Hollister, which I find to be an awful big tag for, uh, basically their third tight end. I, I think this mm-hmm. might spell bad news for Will Disley, who came back from that really bad injury last year to have another really bad injury this year. Obviously, they they, they brought in He-Man, Greg Olson, for a one-year run. So, 
He looks yeah, just like I, he looks love just like He Man. Yeah, you, I haven't heard that before. I don't know why, but that's freaking that's perfect. Leave it. That's Google, awesome. Google He Man. Google Greg Olson, and then come back and try and call me a liar because you can't. All I right. will. All, all I right. Will. So uh, I, I don't make a lot of it for my dynasty <laughs> roster at this point. They all kind of cannibalize each other. Yeah. In in Seattle, I th- I think uh, they're they're great best ball plays at this point. Mm-hmm. So I hate to go out on a sour note, but uh, I, I got two bad stories to wrap this one up, Kyle. Uh, okay. Jim, Jimmy Graham is stealing $9 million guaranteed dollars from Seth's Bears over a two-year deal. What do you make of that? Dude, I, I, literally, I, couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing when I saw that. So we haven't, uh, we haven't recorded our show yet, so we still got that. I got that to do. I have not talked with Seth about it, um, but I knew as soon as I – roller coaster day for Bears fans on Monday. It went from, oh, they're getting Teddy Bridgewater. Everyone's rejoicing to, oh, no, they're out. They're going to go after Nick Foles, which I had already asked Seth about the week before, and he was not thrilled. That stuff is all still TBD as far as the quarterback goes. But my God, how do you give this man any money? They already have $8 million Trey Burton not doing jack on this team. They have second round draft pick Adam Shaheen not doing anything for the past three years. This team literally has like eight tight ends already under team control and they're out there going for Jimmy Graham. I'm sorry, but this offense needs exploding talents. This guy is going to do nothing but just explode that spot on the field with zero production. This guy is, he's lost not just one step. He's lost many steps. He's left them along the way. I couldn't believe that they spent this money. Congrats to Jimmy Graham. His agent wins MVP of the day, in my opinion. Yep, he is stealing nine more million dollars from Mr. Graham, and good for him because he probably gets like nine hundred grand of that nine million, like ten percent right off the top. Living large, cashing out, man. Cash. Brilliant. Tell, tell you what, for everybody who said that Ryan Pace was the GM of the year a few years ago when they traded for uh, Khalil <laughs> Mack, I got news for you. I got a bridge to sell you out in uh, Brooklyn. You'll love it. And it just doesn't make sense. Like, it, why Why would you make that move? And not that, you know, and uh, I think your buddy Jerry will tell you, Ebron ain't, and Ebron ain't no, you know, cash cow, but he's still out there. You're telling me Ebron's not taking nine mil? I don't know. Ebron's taking nine mil and also stealing it. Hey, you know what? Yeah. We're going to end this on a high note. I was going to talk about cutting Devonta Freeman. But you, yeah. you you broke news here on the Dynasty War Zone. I'm going to break a little bit of news for you. Amari Cooper intends to re-sign with the Dallas Cowboys on a five-year, oh. $100 million deal. Per league sources, a.k.a. Jera, found his checkbook, and they're keeping the band together down there in Dallas. Kyle, take us out on a high note, man. How are I you? love it, man. This is good stuff. They... This is uh, as much as I still wish they they need to break out that that uh, that checkbook for Dak man reward the man get keeping Cooper in Dallas is huge. Uh, we all know I, I believe it's you man that was for a while there as Twitter does they went on a little Mari Cooper kick and you said it the man the only thing he does consistently is be inconsistent. Uh, that's what Cooper has done over the course of his entire NFL career that will continue more than likely. But his flashes are still high. He's super he is super talented and if anything man this really helps. Dak Prescott's fantasy value. So I love it, man. As a Cowboys fan, I'm glad to see that they're they're paying the man uh, and keeping that alpha there. This this rises all ships. Good for Dak. Good for Gallup, uh, in my opinion as well. To have an, an alpha on the other side, Gallup can continue to eat that wide that uh, wide receiver two coverage. So I dig it. I appreciate. it. Thanks for bringing that up. I didn't I didn't see that yet. You will go to bed a happy man. Uh, yes, I, I still think it's good for Blake Jarwin because. All that underneath work that Randall Cobb was getting, I think a lot of that can go to. I think you're going to see yeah. a lot of that, by the way. We'll end the show with a little bit of a, of a, of a nugget. Uh, we've heard that Mike Gusecki is going to play that quote-unquote big slot role down in Miami for Chan Gailey. I think we could see Herb Smith play that role for the Vikings. And I think you could see Blake Jarwin play that big slot role there in Dallas. So I, I think that might be something that we're seeing a trend with here in the NFL. So keep an eye on that. If you're looking for these super athletic Dawson Knox, another guy, mm-hmm. um, obviously they have, st- they still have Cole Beasley, but think about those guys that weren't great blockers. Noah Fant comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is more of that classic old school. I mean, he's a hell of a receiver, but he's got some of that old school blocker in him like a Kyle Rudolph. So, mm-hmm. Um, great stuff, man, to end the show. Kyle, what's going on with the fellas? I know you're uh, slowing it down because 
Uh, Seth's been working so much, and so have you, and you're out there slanging them mortgages. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I so I can't uh, I can't guarantee anything, but man, we're looking to uh, obviously business is picking up a little bit here as uh, it's been a little bit slower February, early part of March for us. Free agency is going to help that obviously for sure. Um, this day has been absolutely bonkers. It's been awesome. Sports fans needed this, as we said at the top, man. So um, we're we're still dropping an episode every single Tuesday. First thing in the AM, so if you stay subscribed to the Fancy Football Fellas, um, it's a great pairing. Memphis, you guys have been killing it. I've been jealous of all the content you guys have been putting out and lucky enough to join you on some of these shows. So um, still dropping a Fellas episode every Tuesday. We'll see as time permits, man. We'll try to keep uh, bringing it back up. I'm still writing for Fancy Pros, a couple articles a month as well. So if you follow me on Twitter, at KyleFFFellas, uh, and just you know follow any content I'm dropping there, hit me up with any questions. Always happy to uh, suggest that you trade away your rookie picks. So always there for you. Please don't listen to this man talking about <laughs> trading all your rookie picks. This this 2020 class and this 2021 class, especially the wide receivers next year, are going to be bananas. But I want to take just a minute, if you stuck around this long, I, I don't want to forget the news that really matters. You know, I, I, I am the, the artist formerly known as the outlaw, and I am very much a contrarian as a person. But we've got to all do our part to make sure we get past this coronavirus thing. And I'm, I'm not a bleeding heart, and I, I'm not that guy. But it's not going to go away by doing what we've always done. And it was John F. Kennedy to say, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. But in this case, we need to sacrifice the word country for world. Because the only way we're going to move past this as a human race is if we do what's asked of us. And it sounds trivial because we have so much freedom because we lived in, live in such a great country. But we've got to do what's asked of us. I don't want to. Um, I want to go to the gym. I, I want to live my life as I normally live it. But, man, that's not an option right now. We've got to do what we got to do. So we're going to continue to crank out a crap ton of Dynasty War Zones this week. We know you're home. We know you're working from home. Your boss is not there. You can listen to me tonight with Kyle. You can listen to the show coming up with Jerry and G. You can listen to the one later in the week with JP. But stay inside. Keep the world safe. And remember, I am Memphis at DFF Memphis. He is Kyle at Kyle FF Fellas. And we're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you real soon.